Welcome to Binging with Friends. My name's Nick. And Jamie. Exactly. I feel like every week that just gets... It, it gets the more last high couple, pitch. It gets higher pitch, but it also gets quieter. Yeah. So the last like one... Last week, I almost wasn't sure if I said my name. My name's Jamie. Yeah. It was so like... <laughs> oh, man. Um, Today... We are talking about The Witcher. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Oh, Valley, oh, plenty. Oh, Valley. No, no, oh, that, I thought was that, just... was, that was last episode. Stop. I'm That's sorry. Enough. I'm sorry, Jamie. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Toss a coin to your Witcher. I get so pumped about this show every week, though. I'm not going to lie. I know it's not a week-to-week, but I'm kind of playing it week-to-week because it builds up my anticipation and it also makes it more fun to talk about it. But you're, like, way ahead of me because you're like, the have thing. you watched Sex Education 2, season 2? Have you? I Actually, you haven't started BoJack, huh? I have not. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You should you Bojack's should get excited next. for... Honestly, you should just get excited because that last episode was... Or that, that first episode of the next half of the season... First episode of part two of season season eight. eight yeah exactly wow that is a mouthful when you really break it down it was so freaking good which is though. the actual the ninth episode right or is it the seventh episode i think it's the ninth okay actually. i thought we're eight in your first part yeah it's it's and gonna be 16 six, right oh i thought it was eight and eight yeah maybe maybe you're right i don't know anyway i'm not pumped the point. for it that's what we're talking about we're talking about the witcher episode three betrayer moon dun um, dun dun Oh man, a lot of crap went down. So we only have A and C plot in this. Yeah, one. we do. Which no B plot. We, we have a we have a B plot at the very end. I guess that's true. But I mean, it's not literally. That's all we get for her. For Siri in this one. Yeah, yeah. for Siri, that's all we get, man. Um, all right. So let's start with A plot, fighting. Now going to C plot. Bum, bum, <laughs> bum, 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 um, a plot was freaking wild, man. I loved this um, plot a lot because I loved the, I, I, I want to say like Western feel of it where yeah. like he comes into a town, he finds out what's he going got on. He into a town and <laughs> yeah, he, there's a town and he's going to be the one to kill it. Yeah, this podcast is going to be like. I don't know, 45 minutes of a just gibberish. And I can't <laughs> wait for it. Just progressively worse and worse throughout the... <laughs> I was about to say, it would be funny if we start off like really crystal clear and then like... <laughs> it's like, what is happening? Oh my. They'd be like, what happened with the podcast? Feed? Did, did like I slow it down too much? <laughs> Have you ever tried listening Spotify to a podcast feature, slow? man, where you can, you can slow and speed up podcasts if they talk too slow or quickly. You know what's really funny is I, I've used that feature twice and both times I hated it. So yeah, much. I've hated it every I time. I hated too. fast because I couldn't keep up. And I hated slow because it was. So just the slow time with the, the Witcher, Geralt, yes, the Geralt walks into town and then he killed the witch and then he <laughs> And then a Striga and then they fight and then they fight again and then they fight some more and then he locks himself into the. So let's talk about uh, Geralt's plot here. So uh, basically. Well, so first, real quick, before yeah. technically before we talk about Geralt's plot. Okay. The opening to this episode is a. Uh, somebody. Once told me the what? Sorry, go no. on. Somebody is hunting a creature. Yeah, and gets attacked, and that's what we see. Yes, yeah, so that, that we're first kind introduced. of a weird, no yeah. real detail opening. They're like, look at what happened to my, I think, son. Right, who's dying on the uh, bed. Right, you're talking about the same. No, scene? I'm talking about the uh, the other Witcher. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. 
the son. There was a son dying on the bed, right? It's a son, You're right, you're right. Yeah, he's attacked by this beast. And he's telling the witcher, yeah, 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 yeah. Toss a coin to your witcher. Not this one, though. No. His mother didn't fuck a snowman. No. God, what a great line. Um, yeah, he's laying on the bed, the sun's dying, and he's like, I'll give you coin to to defeat this beast, and the witch is like, of course I can, because I'm awesome. It might be his brother, actually, I think brother. about it. Um, but yeah, you're right. Guy, giant gash mark, like like a lion just ripped through this guy. Yeah, like a scene right out of The Revenant. Yeah. yeah. Guy dies, his brother, I'll give you coin if you go kill the creature that did this. Yeah. You see the scene of the of the witcher standing there in... in Almost looks like a like a meat freezer. Yeah, with all these things hanging, hanging and you're yeah. like, "What is this, man?" Um, and then he gets attacked, and that's the last thing we see. Yes, I actually loved how they set this up, though. I loved how they showed us the <clears throat> uh, the marks. Yeah, yeah. A- and every I just love that. I also really, really got a kick of the way they set up the suspense when he walks in. It's pitch black. These things are hanging, and you hear this like shuffling, and then like. It, this episode is not a fun episode to watch at night. I do not like watching horror films a lot, and I specifically don't like watching horror films at night. I like watching them during the day when everything's <clears> like <throat> nice, and I'm like, I'm going to have hours to forget about it. Nope. I watched this very late at night. I turned it on, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. I, I was the person in the movie theater who held up like the popcorn. I was like, oh, no. Like, and then all of a sudden it went everywhere. This freaked me the F out, especially the streaking, which scared the bejesus out of it. Yeah. The, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> the shrieking of the Striga. Yeah. Striga is badass, by the way. Like, Dude, Striga is, is such a cool monster to put in. Yeah. So this, what I'll say is this episode, Geralt's plot in this episode, is the first story of the first chronological book. Oh, really? In the book series. Um, and they give, it's slightly different in the book than it is in the episode. Yeah. So I actually really enjoy what both did. Like, I think the the series did a really good job of making this a good visual story. Mm. Right? Whereas uh, books can give more details. Yeah. Right? And so the book gave a ton of detail behind what was happening. So I felt like they complement each other more so than I felt like one was better than the other. Well, yeah, I, I like, I'm not familiar with the books, but it's it's really cool what you're talking about. The concept of they made it more visually interesting because really a book doesn't have to be visually interesting. It just can give me all the details, yeah. and I can be riddled with the details for hours. Um, but so Geralt's plot opens up with basically these townsfolk planning a riot. Yeah, against the king. They're uh, like not a, a riot, a coup. Yeah, they're like we got to get rid of him. Look at what he's done. They're yeah, not taking king care Foltis. of these beasts. Um. The thing that was really cool in this thing was how it was so reminiscent of Game of Thrones in that first season. Like, it was like, oh, God, I forgot how much I love this shit. Like, a character walks in and is like, we need to defeat it. Like, it's just so badass the way it happens. But, yeah, they're basically trying to uh, cause a coup. They want to go against the king because the king isn't doing anything and all of these people are dying because of this. Striga? Striga. 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 Take a drink. Striga. Take a drink. Seriously. (laughs) Uh, the Striga, and they're like, and, and they're bringing up other events that I was not familiar with. They're bringing up Nilfgaard. They're bringing up uh, all these different things that have happened so far, which mm-hmm. we kind of heard whisperings of. They're something kind of, yeah, seen. It's, it's. I heard the Queen did this. So this is the episode that really shows um, there is different timelines between our plot lines. Yeah. 
this is the episode that really brings that into light if you're paying attention it's easy to miss in this episode the the next couple really bring it into perspective Mm. but this one is the first like inclining that like okay no there's different timings going on here than i realized because so this this one gerald's plot is that he's in a place the king is named king fultist yep um and the people want to rebel against him because he's not killing this creature and rumor is it's because this creature is his wife or is related to him somehow or is the secret love child of him and his wife right and these are like the rumors that are going around yeah in our c plot with yennefer we actually see child fultist that confused the bejesus out of me exactly and i couldn't tell if we were, if Yennefer, okay, so there was a brief moment, especially in that scene. And it's literally like two seconds. And they're and so good with that concept because you see the painting when Geralt is walking through mm-hmm. of the two kids. And then you see the two kids running around at the dinner or whatever. But not, it's like the, it's like a ball, yeah. actually. Um, yo, so that was him as a kid. Correct. That so is Yennefer, is Yennefer in the past? Or the, is that area uh, like Jennifer's story that we've seen so far is taking place in the past? That that was a if great you reveal. Consider Geralt's plotline the present. Yeah. So, but no, I you, no excellent. Uh, that makes a lot of sense then, because Geralt's plotline to say things. No, but Geralt's plotline is technically aligned with Jennifer's right now. But we're we're taking that as the present because we're watching time it. periods. Correct. Exactly. So Yennefer's that is a head trip, story, dude. dude this, it gets worse as this series progresses. By the final episode, you're sitting there going like, "All right, what? Like who, you're that you're that meme that of Charlie yeah. in Always oh, Sunny. <laughs> exactly. Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it gets it gets ridiculously complicated. There's a timeline that Netflix had to publish because because it got so complicated. And even then, I was looking at the timeline with my buddy who is reading the books and has watched the series. Yeah. And we were looking at it going like, that doesn't make sense, though, because this happened with this thing. And like these things don't go together. And this that would mean that this person is actually like 5000 years old. Right. Like it's not interesting. That. Well, I, I'm excited to watch the rest of the series with the, or the rest of the show with that. With in, that in mind. in mind is that there's because when I was watching it, I thought I was like. Okay, maybe maybe this is in the past, and and then I thought to myself, which was very dumb of me. I thought, but they wouldn't do that. That's way too out there, even for Netflix. And to not even explain it, and to not even say it, and to not even put like a seven they, years they, earlier or something. They never once tell you that we're in multiple timelines. No, not at all. Which also added to the concept in my head, but I don't know how magical. This I, I know that sounds stupid, but I don't know how magical they're trying to be here because sometimes you have a realm of reality you're trying to play with in that story. But I couldn't tell if there was going to be multiple timelines, which I so, feel is not off the table. What I will say for the... Uh, I, I will say there's not multiple timelines. It's all a linear timeline. We're okay. seeing different parts of it. Excellent. Right? Uh, what I will fix from my previous statement is Yennefer's is in the past. Okay. Geralt's is slightly less in the past. Okay. Siri is the present. Wow, that's cool. And actually, that's so freaking cool. And especially, oh, fuck, that's awesome. Now I really think about it. And now I play it into the, like. It makes a little bit of sense. It's like, oh, that's such a cool way to introduce that. And, and then when they meet, wherever they meet, the it's now you really, have your present. 
I had a gut feeling watching episode two for some reason that there was something like that going on. Yeah. I was just like, this is a weird like jumping that you're doing without connecting our characters together. I was like, there's got to be some kind of timeline thing we're doing here, but I can't quite figure out where. Three really helped because of the Fultist thing. Yeah. And it's so easy to miss. It's literally two seconds. When I saw him, I, I two literally, seconds I'm glad they, you brought it up. And even his mom goes... Fultis, stop touching your sister, and, right? And if you aren't paying attention or you're not really engaged or you're watching Yennefer on screen, you can miss that so easily as a throwaway. Well, the big part to me was the fact that we're dealing with, you know, witches and sorcery mm-hmm. and all these things. So I thought, oh, maybe, and, and this is really jumping, but I was like, maybe this is like where you go. Because they were talking about this event. And we're going a little bit into C plot here, but like they, they talk about this event they're going to to basically meet their kings and the the witches are, and sorcerers are meeting their kings and queens or who they might go to, and mm-hmm. they're basically trying to choose who they're going to go to. So I thought I was like, oh, maybe what we're seeing, and that I, and this is a real jump, but where they enter in this room, you're seeing the past and present and futures of other kings of other kingdoms. Yeah, and because when they said that, I was like. Okay, I wonder if that's supposed to be in the past, but again, I have not watched the next episode to even episode get close four, to confirm that idea. Episode four, if you like remember episode one pretty clearly, yeah. Episode four is the one where you go like, "What?" <laughs> you like, start getting your your what, uh, uh, yarn and start putting what it. What I'll say about episode four is Queen Calanthe's in it. Oh shoot! In a plot, not in C plot. Got you right, and you go. You're sitting there going like, um. Past, but present. What you dead? Um, <laughs> huh? Like, how? What's happening here? Right, and that's the you moment. Dead <laughs> is probably my favorite thing <laughs> on the planet. But you dead? <laughs> Me live. Me live. <laughs> Tarzan, Jane. <laughs> it sounded so caveman. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the episode four, you really get that sense of like, okay, something's wrong here. Yeah. Uh, but this is where they kind of touch it just just a smidge. I really thought it was cool at first. And and I think this show is so good at creating intrigue. Mm-hmm. Even when it gives us answers, unlike J.J. Abrams, I think it pays off its, you know, its questions a lot better. But I really I appreciate every voice you've ever heard. <laughs> uh, but I really did appreciate the subtlety of it. Like, even though I, even though I didn't put it together right there, the subtlety of not being like seven but you years knew something earlier was off. Exactly, and that's the thing, and it's, that's why it's been model, right? Because if you keep watching, you're gonna notice it that it's paid off. Ah. Yeah, but uh, you get that you get that feeling for sure of like there's something off here. Like I'm missing some piece that'll connect these two things together. Yeah. And when that, and I think them giving you that little piece of Foltest as a kid and Geralt playing messing, with his sister's hair, yeah. which was like, um, oof, like, is such a cool, cool little like tease yeah. for it without giving like the full fledged answer as to what's going on. Yeah, I, I agree. I really, really enjoyed that. So the A plot really does. Well, well, there's a lot and not that much. At basically, the same time. basically, the first half of the A plot is building to the, the story. The second half is basically the payoff of One all of it. One large fight scene. But it's a massive, yeah, it's a massive fight scene. But the first part of Geralt's plot is he finds out, he's in a, a bar or inn, whatever you want to call it, and somebody's talking about this horrible thing that happened and that no one can defeat this uh, 
thing out in wherever. I don't remember yeah. the name of the land or, or the area. And then he's like, which way is that area? And then he go, they go this way, and he goes, "Keep take care of Roach. I'm going to go walk, which I didn't understand at first, but I'm guessing was like a, if you take care of this and watch my horse, you know, you will be paid plenty, you know. I I will be able to repay you in some way for yeah. that. He walks off, gets there, and basically is talking some mad shit. Like, oh, you guys can't beat this thing? Oh, well, can't be that bad, honestly. And they're like, we already lost a witcher. And, oh, actually, we already lost someone, and, and multiple people have tried to defeat him. What I loved was when they showed how many people tried to defeat. There's bodies everywhere. All over the place. The street, Strita? Striga. Striga, damn. S-T-R-I-G-A. Striga. Take a drink. Yeah, Striga. Um, they show all those bodies, and Geralt's kind of in shock by it, but still has a confidence. But when he sees the Witcher's body, well, and that's so he's he, like, "Fuck he, you!" He sees like a preserved body, right, covered in salts, yeah, right, and reaches in, trying to figure out what creature it is. Reaches into the cavity of this body, which is presumably probably a hundred years old. Mm. Uh, it's definitely decayed. Right, but he reaches in, feels around a little bit, and goes, "Ah, yes, the heart and liver are missing. I only know one creature that that that's this picky." Yeah, right, and names it as a striga. Finally, yeah. But as he's like pulling his hand out of the innards of the corpse, he feels something and kind of like dusts it off, and it's a Witcher emblem, and that's a <sighs> big moment for him of like, "Oh crap!" Like he this- killed one of my own. Yeah, yeah. He or killed, one, killed of one, of one of my own, and the fact that. Witchers should know how to defeat Astriga. Yeah. He said he does say they're rare. Yeah. That they're only born out of a curse. They're not just creatures that just exist. Freaking love that, too. Which means somebody did this to somebody else. Yep. Which is such a cool concept because it makes a villain out of the... It makes the creature not a villain and makes the person who turned them into that a villain. It really makes the, the creature theme. a victim. It yeah. fits the theme that they're going for is that not all creatures are evil. Yep. I, I really, really love that. I also just cannot believe the direction of this episode. Like, the way they showed the bodies, the way they showed uh, Geralt put his hand into the body and move around and, like, cut up. Just, I was like, whoa. Just the direction on display was incredible. Um, and in searching through, like, this, they find out uh, Geralt has a meeting with King Foltest. Yes, who looks like advisors. a real ass. He does. And basically uh, beats her on the bush a little bit. In calling him out, but basically tells him like, so is it? Are the rumors true? Is this your kid with your sister? That's a secret. And yes, and and basically everyone just like leave. Yeah, get out. (laughs) Right, and they start walking to. And I love this scene, but it would never happen like this. Right, (laughs) Uh, I love this scene, but seriously, he starts walking to the door. The guards are in front of Geralt. The guards walk out the door. Geralt closes the door and locks it on him. Yeah, and it's just him and Foltest in the room, and the guards are. Let us in! Well, how dare you? I agree. It would never go down that right? way. And then basically, Geralt walks up to Foltis and like, okay, man to man, seriously, tell me what this is, because if you want it to be fixed, I need to know the truth. Yeah. And gets doesn't get a solid answer from him, but gets an answer that basically Enough. tells him the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also that the only reason the king doesn't want to have somebody go in and kill the creature is because he has heard a rumor that it, it's potentially curable. Yeah. And it's his daughter. Yep. Um, that he had with his with his sister. sister. Yeah. Which was like... And there's oof. all this mystery about, like, was it that Boltist raped her? 
or was it a consensual relationship between the two of them? Yeah. Why what? did the curse get brought upon them? Based yeah. was it was it not only because it's wrong, obviously, to sleep with your sister. It wasn't also because of the way he might have had this child. And we also find out in this scene that his sister died from childbirth. Yeah. Um, and Geralt basically leaves but takes the job with the witch. Yeah. Fultis adv- witch advisor, which goes perfectly with their C plot in this yeah. episode. Um, and because oh, she's God, asking I love him that to, character too. Yeah. She's asking him to cure the Striga, if yeah. at all possible. So they go get some information. They find out about the other witcher that was there. Find out it's a Striga in general, but also uh, they're in the chambers, the old uh, Fulta's sister's chambers yeah. from the old castle, which is where the Striga's held up. Mm. And Geralt takes this like long whiff of her sheets, yeah. which just seemed kind of strange. And it seemed like he was trying to smell the Striga. Is my what my initial thought like was. Like a hunter, least. yeah, like yeah. a bloodhound in yeah, some exactly. way, yeah. That he could smell the difference and be like, oh, yes, I was correct. It is a streak or the streak is over there or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, he later gets uh, knocked unconscious, if I remember correctly. No, you're, you're right. He gets knocked unconscious and they kind of don't know what's going on. By the king's advisor. That is what we find. Once he, once he wakes up, I, he gets hurt in some way. And then the witch... Or what, what's, what's, the, what, what's her title? She's a witch, but what, what's her title when you, she works for the king? Oh, the, I mean, I want to say court wizard, but I don't think that's the right. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's right. Well, we'll just go with the I'm... witch. The The witch says, you know, the witch basically is taking care of, of him and he's like freaking out and he's saying all these different names and things. And then when he wakes up, he then is down there with the witch and Geralt is talking about, I, I know, I know what happened. I know what it was. And they found some paperwork from the uh, king's sister basically talking about the relationship. Exactly. And saying that it was consensual. It wasn't anything crazy. She did love her brother. Yeah. Um, and then the, I don't know what, her advisor, I guess, the, the queen's advisor or whatever. The Was it? No. He's the king's advisor now. But he was but the he, queen's. Something or like that. Or the princesses. Sister, yeah. yeah the, his sisters. Um, and... Geralt kind of stands up and looks at the guy and is like, I know what you did. This part was And the guy's like, like I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, who would want to curse the queen, yada, yada, yada. And Geralt goes, I smelled what you did on her sheets. And it's like a, oh. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, one, that's disgusting. <laughs> two, oh. And then he's like, she was supposed to love me. Yeah. And he stole her away. How dare she love him? It couldn't have been consensual. That paperwork is made up. Yada, yada, yada. Like, ex- I was, such a crazy scene. It was really fucked up. And I like some fucked up stuff. And that, even for me, I was like, whoa. And way Gar- out of Gerald's line. Gerald's like, great. You'll make good bait. Like, yeah. We're taking you with us. Um, approaches the castle blocked by a ton of guards. Yeah. Oh, I love that when he's hiding out. And, and yeah, and Gerald's basically standing there like, all right, guess we're doing this. Pulls out his sword, and then the guards just part, and Foltest comes out, and he's basically like, "The witch told me I should trust you." I also love the scene prior to that when he's hiding, and she's like, "How are you gonna get the guards oh, away?" Yeah. You probably like, thought of like fifty different ways to get past these guards, and he throws a rock, and the guards are like, "I'm out!" Like, yeah, exactly. Full moon. Nope. <laughs> that was freaking 
awesome. I I just am shocked because I feel like the comedy has been hit or miss on this show, but I feel like they do such a good job with uh, Geralt specifically. Whenever Geralt has a joke, mm-hmm. Henry Cavill does such a good job delivering it, or at least they do a great job making sure he looks great doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Because him throwing that rock and then all the guards, he goes, see, I know what I'm doing, and then he just walks through. It's like, oh, God, brilliant. But so he goes up, Fultis basically says, like, Okay, she told me to trust you, so I do. Yeah. I ask that if you can, you save her. But if you can't, I understand. And then we get... I'm just being pragmatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm being pragmatic. Um, anyway. Uh, but So goes in, gets the... And asks the advisor who cast the curse on her... Yeah. Uh, what spell he used. And basically, who taught it to him? And he, oh, some witches that I met, and yada yada yada. Yeah, which kind of makes you feel like it was like Yennefer or something. It was this, right? the way he puts it was kind of weird. They don't ever say it was Yennefer, but it was just this weird like it was a it was somebody. It, it definitely felt like a um, something like they left to, there, uh, yeah. foreshadowing. Yeah, of. like so we're supposed to know who it was, or we'll find out who it exactly. was, or whatever. Um, and he recites the ritual, and Geralt figures out that he has to stay. With the Striga alive until the third rooster crow in the morning. Yeah. So basically a full night mm-hmm. from dusk till dawn with the Striga one-on-one, mano y mano. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, Geralt versus the Striga yeah, coming seriously. in. Ding, ding. Who's yeah. ready to rumble? <laughs> Dude, and Geralt loses the first, like, eight rounds. Oh, but... yo. This whole, see, first of all, the way it starts with him propping up and opening the grave, and then it just, and then, like, coming out, and he's, like, kind of hiding, and then the whole freaking, the whole pretty much midsection of this was some crazy-ass horror movie, because it was pretty much going, him going from room to room, and it either coming out of nowhere, or just beating the living shit out of him. And uh, we get a... And the thing about this is not only does it just absolutely destroy him throughout most of this stuff, and you can tell he's trying to keep it alive. So yeah. He's trying to, like, hold back and, and just fend it off long Yeah, like when he's holding enough. the door in and yeah. he's, like, backing up. No, he, he definitely doesn't want to harm but, it. Oh, my God, dude. Like, it's it's crazy to me the amount that he was able to put up with. He also uses his potions in this episode. That was cool. That give him the the red eye or the black eyes again, which yeah. is a cool thing. Again, enhancing his senses. So he's he's basically as strong as possible to fend off against the Striga, but these are only temporary. Yeah. So cuz cuz over over the course of the night you see him pretty much use all of his tricks and towards the end you can tell he's just <clears throat> he's well, yeah, losing he, steam So he's going room it. to room and in each room basically like let's try this one and yeah. see and and usually it's the it works for like a second and a half and then the striga breaks out or the striga gets wise or whatever it is. Yeah. The clever the one, little bitch. Yeah. The one that I think of is he throws in the book they go into more detail about this particular part. Yeah. But he throws chains around him. Yes. Um, which these are supposed to be silver chains, which the majority of monsters are weak to silver chains. Right. And again, as a witcher, you think you would know, have the knowledge to know these chains work on strigas or work on monsters. and They're extra thick and extra strong. Yeah. Right. He throws the chains on her and she basically like looks at him and goes bop and pops them off. No problem. Yeah. And you get the greatest line that I love out of this episode, which is him just looking at her going, fuck. Yeah. Right. Like it's just. Well fuck yeah like and and he delivers that line so 
well it's again ridiculous. comedy just like he's so good at, at that you just see, straight you can see that in that one word you get the well that should have worked why didn't it yeah in that was my last resort word yeah oh god oh my god dude and it's it's just incredible what they're able to do and yeah. he, he basically fights enough rounds with the that they're both tired and I, he realizes oh. that the is gonna go back to its cave and just go hide back out yeah it's uh, gonna go back into it's its nearing morning grave. soon enough that he can yeah he can yeah uh, and he's like I'm not gonna let it go that easily so he starts kind of attacking it or egging it on in ways like yeah. by throwing crap at it and coming towards them the part that was crazy to me was which had a full-on grudge moment where like it's coming down on him and he sees it and then he's like oh and then he throws something and so the streaker comes face to face with them and then it looks like it's gonna bite his face and it just bites his side and then he like rips it off yeah dude, and it goes flying into the doorway and you're like holy shit uh, which looked side note looked so goddamn painful it did like literally there was that moment and like she's kind of turning back into well, yeah and so normal he, he waits in her coffin basically yeah, he seals it with some magic, which we get the like. This is the most glimpse we see of his magic so far. Of him just using it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. We see I one feel where like he, really he uses like a force push basically and launches <laughs> the striga down a hallway. Yeah, like forcefully <laughs> her too. Scre- like her screaming that to you. <laughs> yeah, it starts going. And then we see him uh, get in her coffin and like ward off the entrance so it can't be opened. Yeah, and then use like a magical hourglass to like set a timer. Like get up at six a.m. Please, thank you. <laughs> I wish I would play my iPhone music. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when he gets up, he like doesn't hear any noises, and it's morning. So he's like, "Okay, did it work? Did I do the thing?" Yeah. Um, and finds a girl laying like on the steps. Cornered, yeah. yeah. And that's when she jumps him, and <laughs> and takes a huge chunk out of his neck. Like, yeah. Just just rips him a new one, and you're basically like, "No, that you're dead." Like, sorry. Yeah. Ba- basically, this the curse has been somewhat lifted, but you she's still got a long human, way to go. But she's still feral. Yeah. This is literally the only life she's ever known. Is being I like loved this. when he was telling Foltis that when he's like, "You, you got to understand, this is your daughter, but, but she is not human by she's any stretch. She's not human, right? She's not human, and she won't be for a long time. And yeah. you're like the oh, nature versus nurture, oh god, kind of thing." And he said, and then Foltis is like, thank you, and I appreciate everything you did for me. Um, but so, yeah, so she takes a chunk out of his neck. Yeah, he throws her, and she falls unconscious on the ground. Yeah. And then he goes unconscious from the blood loss. Yeah. So the next scene is him waking up in an infirmary with this, like, giant patch on his neck, mm-hmm. um, which is just incredible. To, to see that basically you're, uh, for pun intended, Superman yeah. is, is able to die. Yeah. Right? How do you kill a god kind of a thing? I'm obsessed with that in action movies. Like that, and, and I know this is so stupid, but like I really think that action is best when the character isn't super. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know this is a giving w- them vulnerabilities. At least to some of you know well, I mean, to some effect. It, like here we go. We're gonna we're binging with friends bingo right here, right? All right, here we go. Star Wars. Yes. Is great. the perfect example of this. We so we've got Anakin mm-hmm. who loses a hand. Yes. And granted that's echoing Luke, who Luke loses, who hand loses in the original hand. trilogy, but again, our main protagonist takes damage. Yes, is a, is just the simplest way to put it. They take damage. Yeah, makes them feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. The new trilogy, Ray doesn't take damage. Not at all. And it feels Kylo bad. takes more damage than she does. And it feels bad. Yeah. 
And I there I've heard reasoning that the reason it is exactly that it's Kylo takes damage because Kylo's the Skywalker of the family. Of, I, of I love the how they act like they have a plan. And so all of a that all the Skywalkers took damage in there. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. but he still has Ray a hand. Literally didn't take damage. Yeah. Nothing right? happened. You never there. once convinced me that my hero could die. Yeah, I, I whether no, they're I agree. going to or not is interesting. Finn took damage. Yeah, Poe took damage. Leia Ray took did. damage. Leia took damage multiple times. Yeah, too many times. Right? Ray never once took damage. No, I, I agree, man. And I think that, like, especially because me and you are huge Mission Impossible fans, mm-hmm. and I feel like they do a good job of showing you that everything Ethan does can end with him dying. I also... There's stakes. Uh, absolutely. And the biggest one for me is The Matrix. Because, like, the first Matrix movie, people, like, remember the second and the third one where he's just Superman. And he literally, like, Keanu Reeves is just jumping from thing to thing. That first Matrix movie, when he's getting his ass kicked by uh, Agent the Smith, Smith. Yeah. and he's just laying there and you think he's not going to make it. And then the, it's all dusty and screwed up and he moves away. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing action. Or sequence. even, I mean, even, even more simply in The Matrix, when he first jumps off the building. Where Morpheus yes. jumps across yeah. and he jumps off and hits the ground and bounces off. Yeah. Right? That's a perfect concept of he's not, A, not perfect at the first time, but B, isn't, like, he is just a regular guy. And it makes for when your hero does win. Makes it feel, feel so way much better. better. It feels so much more earned, yeah. really, is Which what is it why is. Which is why when Ray wins, you're like, eh, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. No, right. I agree. Like, yeah. It just feels bad when your hero doesn't take damage. So well, it worked Geralt... a lot with uh, Geralt. Sorry, in the first episode with the stabbing when Renfrey yeah when she stabs, stabs him, him. And you're like oh shit feels vulnerable he can lose yeah yeah um, sorry you were you were adding on I apologize no, you're fine up, brother but the episode three elaborates further on that yeah not only so he gets stabbed in the first one and you can see he's v- very pained by that yeah but in this one he goes unconscious yeah. from being attacked right like that's a huge like you're one step from death. At that point, you, absolutely, you're the only thing stopping you from dying is intervention from somebody else. Yeah, right. And luckily, there was somebody there to intervene. Yeah, but that's the cool thing is that they've they've made him human, w- without making him human. Right? Don't no, call you're him right. human. But um, the, in the book, what they do, what's really cool with this scene about him getting injured like this, they make this a prolonged injury. Oh, really? So this becomes like an actual struggle um, each time. The he next fights couple now. stories in the book. He acts whenever he like strains too much. It talks about the wound on his neck stretching and beginning to bleed. Oh man! And it's like, oh god, that's cool. Like that's a concept that you're you're bringing it back. You're reminding me that he did just go get attacked. That's and also kind of die. amazing to read. Like to it, read that is fun. Yeah. To be like, oh god, like it really. I can, I can see the, um, I can see the very excitement you could get from reading something that. You can feel your hero mm-hmm. as it's going as he's going through all these very testing trials. That's really a cool way to present the book, especially with stuff like this, where the damage is so massive. Well, and so the, the other thing that kind of comes forward in this episode is that there's time jumps between episodes. Yeah. It's not just straight this mission into the next mission, into the next mission, into the next mission, that there's there's definitely time passing between the two. I agree 100%. Um, which, so in this story, in the show, it makes sense that the next episode he may not have a neck injury because it could have been six months, a year, two yeah, years, five years. because now there's this time lapse we're dealing exactly. with. Exactly. Which is a real, I'm not going to lie, that element is such a cool way to keep the audience on their toes mm-hmm. as they're watching. 
I feel uh, like we're getting so sophisticated as audiences. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but no, like, but like, look at television from the eighties. Oh yeah, and compare it to television today. Shit, man, look at sitcoms. Like, even like watching a nineteen eighties sitcom is kind of cringy at times. Even okay, so go. Let's go to uh, let's call let's talk about Roseanne here for a second. Yeah, there you go. That's a great. Roseanne's one. a perfect example for this. Yeah. Right, Roseanne when it was originally airing in the nineties. And Roseanne, when it re-aired in the twenty late twenty tens, right, two completely different shows. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Right, despite having the same characters and similar plot lines, right, they're two two completely different shows because the audience had had leveled up so much, so to speak, in in understanding and willingness to go certain lengths for a joke or for a storyline or for, right, in the eighties and the nineties, it was more so. A, it was the funny enough instant gratification yeah you wanted your story to start and in the same episode you didn't want it to span over long arcs of what's going on whereas now it's very much the opposite you want you want something that spans seasons where at the finally after eight seasons your person is in charge of the iron throne oh wait uh you know it's uh... (laughs) well (laughs) nice little dig um but (laughs) The thing is, you're right. We, we've gotten to a place now as audience that we we want to get invested. We want to make it our life. And that is honestly... Fandoms are really the thing that, that drove that forward. Nailed it. It was actually... I know this is going to sound really pretentious, but it really was Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and stuff like that that led to kids from the 80s watching those Mm -hmm. and then going you know what? i'm going to pass this on to my kids and them having such massive legacies on top of that that everyone tries to do something like it one of the things i think really like definitely star wars and indiana jones kind of were like the the beginnings of that yeah the thing that i think really kick-started fandoms and the essence of taking a story and prolonging it over a long amount of time is harry potter oh i agree and right, growing with the your characters. Mid 90s to the early 2000s when all the books were coming out. Yeah. Right? That was the thing of, and then the movies then thereafter. Oh, absolutely. Right? That fandom brought a whole, fa- that book series is basically the birth, the life essence of fandoms as a whole. Absolutely. Because. Book, film, adaptation. Yeah. And then, right. and then being even obsessed now, with plays. characters and yeah. having, yeah. Right where people loved Star Wars and they were obsessed with Star Wars, and you were a fan of Star Wars, the the fandom qualities hadn't really come out in that yet. Nobody really knew what it was, and more importantly, didn't know how far it could reach yeah. in that concept. And I think Harry Potter made that personal, yeah, to the the reader, viewer, whatever you want to call them. Right is when when each person has their own specific wand type, and this one's got phoenix feather. Right, then you wonder. What's my what, what's my wand type? What's what wand works for me? Exactly. When each person attunes specifically to a house. Yeah. What house am I? Right. And so it's that elaborates and builds this world that you want to be a part of more so than you just enjoy or are fascinated by. And that's kind of what On I think point. Witcher's doing here is giving us a world to be like, okay, but what am I, if I was in this world? What would I be? What would I do? What what the Witchers? Okay, would I? kind of trying to build that world around us. No, I, I agree with you. let us participate in it. And how we can participate in, mm-hmm. in it. And more importantly, especially Netflix, who I, I kind of feel 
have spearheaded this industry of binge watching and all Truly. the concept of getting invested in it like a movie. It has a beginning, middle, and I mean, even shows that they didn't even have, they didn't even know if they'd do a second season or not, like Stranger Things. People said when that show came out that that honestly could have been that one season, that's it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, some people probably prefer that it, it was it, yeah. because it just worked so well as just this mini series i remember quentin tarantino talked about when he wanted to do a mini series for uh i think it was in glorious bastards which i could not imagine that as a mini series but all. he was like i wanted to do it because i saw that television mini series has have essentially become movies mm-hmm. And I mean, I read movies over longer time. And how great is that? It's it's now five hour. It's now five hours of something that you only got two hours of. That was like, I, 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 you know, truly expect a lot of movies to go that direction. Oh, I agree. And I think I think you don't limit time for your story now. Pioneering and Netflix as well is pioneering that concept. Because, I mean, if you think about the Marvel series that were on Netflix for a while. Yep. Those were basically just movies in long form that you got a six hour movie just spread over episodes that built to one other thing which became this massive thing to defenders Um, yeah or i mean disney with uh disney plus and the mandalorian same thing the mandalorian could have been a movie they could have done a star wars story mandalorian exactly and you could have tried to tell this story over two and a half hours or three hours if you really wanted to stretch it yeah but instead now we have a uh, slightly less than eight hour saga of things to watch and see right and that it makes it feel more lived in feel more thought out feel more alive in all of this stuff i i could not agree more and and definitely when it comes to the world we're in now i i I do think that and i know this is really really off base of what we usually talk about but we're in a time now that this censorship board the understanding of how we censor content how we show content it needs an overhaul and like badly, dude, because well, we're hitting the extremes of both ends. We're either hitting extreme censorship or we're hitting absolute zero censorship. Well, absolutely. But and like... that's what caught us so off guard about. I mean, when uh, Yaskier is introduced, yeah, he's singing a song about abortion of all things. <laughs> right. And you sit there and you're like, what? Whoa. Like we even talked about this in the episode, right? That when we talked about the episode. Yeah. It's like you're surprised that they let that in the show like you sit there and you're like wait a second like netflix approved this like what the hell you nailed it and the concept of netflix basically created an uncensored platform platform they said you don't need it because you're gonna probably look at the title card and put together if it's for kids or not Mm -hmm. the only thing that shocks me about netflix's model is how they don't get more shit for it like they don't get any crap because they have a kids app and then they have a adult regular streaming mm-hmm. service and it feels like they don't even have I like an like age on that the only time netflix has has caught flack over something was the first season of 13 reasons why which is some bs but that's a whole nother thing that whole that whole controversy with 13 reasons why was so stupid because they were like you know what how are we going to we can't show these things as too intense for some viewers it's about the intensity of teenage suicide Yes, it's intense. I mean, I I agree with what they did with certain episodes having the the warnings in front of them. Of course, because it shows some stuff that absolutely, and I'm I'm sensitive to everyone's plight. It had some stuff that was absolutely hard to take, mm-hmm. and that was too intense. But on the other side of it, 
It's all like read there, the There info. was also the intent. Right? The info, it's called 13 Reasons Why. The information card said it's about a woman, who, a teenage girl who commits suicide and the 13 reasons and the 13 tapes she left for her suicide and the reason for it happening. You should put together that it's probably going to have sensitive content. Especially when so, it warns you. You know what I mean? I, I felt a little bit like they're like, I feel like this is a big problem. Kids can't watch. It's like, well, it's also like they did not say it was that. They said absolutely straightforward. Yeah, but Netflix saw YouTube's problem of getting ads and, and kind of respect with explicit content. Yeah. And it was like, all right, well, screw you guys. We're just going to do it anyway. Well, yeah, and on the other side, they didn't have ads. That yeah, was well, the other part. To be sure. But they'll never have ads. They just crazy. Well, yeah, them. I mean, they tried to test ads once, and it do you, you remember that too? So I thought I was much. crazy that time. It backfired so right? hard. It, it was hurt. literally up for maybe ten minutes, and people I, were rioting in the streets. Yeah. Oh god, I'm canceling Netflix. Okay, I bye. love like, this country so much. It's so entertaining. Um, now it's like nobody pays for the uh, <laughs> the Hulu ad version because for three dollars I can get no ads. Especially when your ads take 90 seconds of pop. I Dude, thought the same boy. thing. It's like you and pay like for 12 ads. 12 of them in the middle of an episode or something. 30 minute episode, 12 90 second ads, right? <laughs> like, kill me, please. All right. Anyway, well, back to The Witcher. I was about to say, that was, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I know that, I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt that was an, a beautiful, organic conversation on the future of our content we're going to take in. Seriously. So, we're going to go to C plot here, right? We're done with, but wait, yeah, Geralt's yeah, Geralt hurt. Gets and, out. Gets out. She's and he's basically alive going back and, to and talks about how they, how she's not going to be normal for quite some time, if ever. Yeah, and that I, I like the way that wrapped though. I really like the, um, I like the way they they introduce the Witcher coming from town to town and fixing things. I, mm -hmm. I appreciate it. It's very Mandalorian -esque. traveler type thing. Beautiful. I, I dig it. So then we go on to Yennefer's plot, which, if you thought the. Uh, if you thought the Stigo was was rough, Striga, Striga was rough. Take a drink. Take a drink, guys. Sorry, it's a little early. Um, it's a little early. We're forty five minutes into this thing. It's all a little early. They've only taken three drinks. They're hoping to be drunk by now. I'm sorry. I'll mess up more names. <laughs> uh, when Yennefer, uh, <laughs> jeez. Um, no, when when uh, so we get to Yennefer's plot, and this if you thought the Striga was bad, man, Yennefer's. Yennefer's dark whoa whoa okay so where do you want to start let's start with I mean, the, council. the council yeah yeah is the, probably the best place <laughs> the to council agreed with you so <laughs> we talked uh, <laughs> you have a seat on the council but we do not grant you the rank of jedi master um but so it's, it all comes back to star wars with us i'd very much like to <laughs> go on but so there's the council of wizards that are basically deciding which witch is going to go which witch is going to go which where um <laughs> Um, but oh, that was beautiful. And who, which king they're gonna assist, and what their duties will be, and how important it is, and basically, this feels like the council of people that controls the world. Feels kind enough. of what the council of bricks is joking about. To be yeah. honest with you, <laughs> it seems um, like that's what's. It, I know it's a real version of it, but like what the council of bricks makes fun of is what this reminded me of so much. <laughs> and it basically just it looks like they're pulling the strings on everything. Yeah, they're putting their witches and wizards where they feel fit, but also where they're most useful, so that they can control outcomes of of political leanings and wars. And it's a weird thing to watch. It reminds me of well, it reminds me of what you we think the Illuminati is. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? The people pulling the strings from the that, background. You know, as my brother would put it, my, as my brother would put it, I hope to God it exists now that I'm looking at the world today. <laughs> like you, that, there's moments where you go, "Oh God, I hope this is all planned I out hope by the someone." He's got my back right now, right? Um, no, it's like an Illuminati s thing. They all get together and they're talking about the political leanings, what would be good and best for each uh, country and each place if these witches or wizards went. And Stregobor, well, let's start with Tessaia, is trying to figure out a way to get Yennefer to her home country, right? Correct. And basically Stregobor, Stregobor, Stregobor is not a thing. Stregobor, take a drink. Yeah, take a drink. Stre- you know what's sad? Is I knew what I was trying to say. And, and that one was a complete anyway. accident. Wow. Um, but Stregobor says, you know, that'd be good, except she's half elf. And he can't stand elves. And it was like, And Tissaia basically did. sits there and goes like, excuse me? Like, how did you know about that? Yeah. And we know that um, Istrid tells Stregobor this. <laughs> Stregobor say, what? Yeah, seriously. Well, but, and so, yeah, he goes, well, we know he doesn't like elves, so your little half elf won't work. And the whole council goes like, she's elvish? Excuse me? Yeah. Like, uh, no, 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 no. We don't do that. He'll be pissed if he finds out she's an elf. Yeah, not in my house, brother. Um, and yeah, and Tissaia basically sits there and goes like, you bastard. How yeah. did you find out? Her face is yeah. just so hard to see. Her, like, her... The searing hatred. Yeah. And like, I was and like, oh God. You can't tell if she's mad at Stregobor for pointing it out to the council or mad at Yennefer for telling somebody and having it get back to Stregobor. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's a whole thing. No, you're right. But it proved what Tessaia brought up to Yennefer. You got to control your emotions. Yeah. Because you could tell that she does have, Tessaia does have moments where she's like, I want to kill everyone yeah. in this room. And I could too. <laughs> like that. She's got that look like she could definitely get away with it if she wanted it, to. But if it wasn't for those meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we cut to Yennefer who's getting fitted for the king that she's going to see. They, they've got like a, like a witch designer. Right? Yeah. It, it's a, I wanted to be one of the guys from queer eyes so <laughs> badly. <laughs> I wanted to be like tan or something. Yes. So I could be like, yes! yes! Um, but the guy talks about how he's, yeah, he has a great line with Yennefer of, let's be honest, dear, or let's be frank or whatever he says. Yeah. And he goes, you're God's first draft. Yeah. <laughs> but we can make you look final. Yeah. yeah it was, right. And, and the it really should have been someone from outlines, queer. Outlines her and is going to make her look as beautiful as possible for when she go meets, it goes and meets her king. Yeah. That she's going to serve under. Um, and does this and is like basically trying on her dress later on. And this guy comes back in her room and tosses her a new dress and goes like, I didn't pick this. The king that you're seeing picked it. She's like, what do you mean? Like I was supposed to go back to, I think it's Atrilla or Tria yeah. is her town name. And he goes, uh, I don't know. I'm just doing what Tessaia told me. Yeah. So she marches into Tessaia's office and basically is like, the hell lady? Like, <laughs> Uh, I was supposed to go home to prove to them that I'm greater than all of them. And now I'm going to some guy who's basically just going to rape me whenever he gets a chance rather than listen to anything I have to say. <laughs> I, I, I'm not laughing at that part. No, but, but like the, I picture like bitch better have my money playing in the seriously. background. Bitch better have my money. <laughs> like, seriously. As she walks in. And to say it basically gives her the line, like you said, basically like I told you to control your emotions. You didn't. Information got out. Not my fault. Sorry, Snowflake. And and Yennefer's like, you got outruled by the council. Like, I know you did. You didn't want this any more than I did. 
And to say it again is just like, you I gotta eat my fucking words. Bitch. Yeah, seriously. But it's such a cool moment between the two of them. They the respect they have for each other because they are cut from such similar claws. Yeah. But the frustration and the tension in that relationship, the tumultuousness inside of it is beautiful. And with that, Yennefer basically goes like, then I quit. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Agree with you, the council does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're right. You she, underestimate me, me, my power. <laughs> um, and Yennefer's going to go pack up her stuff and leave. Yeah. And goes to Istrid and tells him that she's leaving again. Um, like the fourth <laughs> right, time go through the whole two episodes. Oh yeah, let's let's talk about that. Was weird the freaking sex scene. Oh my god, I forgot about with that. With everyone watching well, them. So when it starts, yeah, it's the two. It's her and Istrid, Jennifer and Istrid having sex with this like crowd watching, and they don't explain the crowd at all. And you sit there and you're like, what's happening here? Like, am I supposed to be watching this? What's, yeah, what's going on? And Istrid has a line of like, can you make them at least do something? And then they clap. And then, yeah. And then they clap for them, which is the funniest thing. And Istrid even has a line later, like the clapping was a nice touch. I mean, to be honest with you, if I, if I had someone watching me during sex, if they clapped after, that would be a nice feeling. Regardless, it'd be weird, but at least, you know, that's some affirmation. That's nice. Um, But yeah, so that, that happened. It was very weird scene. Yeah. But later on, when she's planning on leaving, she basically confronts Istrid. Yeah. And basically is like, look, I know I only told you, I know you told Stregobor to get the council to turn against me. Yeah. And you- Istrid flips it on her and goes like, don't tell me that Chaseya doesn't have you spying on me as well. Exactly. And then Ario Speedwagon came in and I was like, no, they heard it through a friend who yeah. exactly. heard it from a friend who... Heard it from a friend that you were messing around. Anyway, okay. But uh, it, it was and it was basically like them breaking up. Yeah. Which was heartbreaking to watch. Um, it was really and sad. It seemed like, because it seemed of like so the weird that. thing, yeah. and, and though it's only been two episodes, we saw Yennefer come from like her lowest point. No confidence. Get built up to be like, the, yes, she's a more powerful witch and she just needs to learn her place, learn to control her emotions, the whole nine. She's going to get a station back at her old town where she can prove to people that she's better than she was given worth for. Right. And then you just watch it all crumble. Yeah. It all falls she apart. She loses her boyfriend. She loses her position. She's going to go to a place where she's just going to be treated like dirt like she was before. Even her mentor is kind of questioning her faith and yeah, her. her... It, dude, it's, and yeah. it's heartbreaking to watch. And so when everybody goes up to basically partake in the celebrations of we're being assigned, Yennefer's packing her bags. <coughs> yeah. And Don't gets die the thought me. to go visit the the clothing guy the fashion dude yes who apparently has this magic to reform her yeah physically so many questions for this scene so the ring of fire was a nice touch yeah <laughs> and the ring of fire <laughs> ring of fire you um, said you could do it why aren't you doing it <laughs> yeah um the so yeah, she basically sit, basically she gets naked and lay and sits down on this. And he says like, "Let me get the things to knock you out." And she goes, "No, we don't have no, any time. I want it cold, bitch." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh god." And he goes like, "Nobody can live through like nobody can stay awake for this process and I can." Yeah. Like, oh, again, you underestimate me, my, my power. power. So, I have a few questions on all this. Okay. 
Was she pregnant? No. What was that thing he removed? Her uterus. Oh, that makes so much more sense than what was in my so head. He, he, she's unable to have children now. Got in, it. In order for her beauty, basically. Oh, that's so sad. Um, which, so uh, recently in the books discovered there's a more of a moment about that yeah. in general. That in the books they talk about how in the past it was decided you get to be a witch or a mother, you get to choose. Hmm. Um. Because kind of cool. That's a cool uh, ultimatum. Fetuses, feti, yeah, yeah, um, are able to mess with a mother's magic. Oh, so, you know what? This magic that that they've introduced, the level of like naturalism in it mm-hmm. is really cool. It's something I feel like you'd see from a Miyazaki movie. Yeah. Like the idea of like magic works this way through the nature and the stars and the sun. It's like wow, that's pretty badass but yeah that the fetus causes the magic to go haywire basically got so it's dangerous to let witches become mothers for that reason Um, so you have to choose between being a witch or a mother and they don't really explain that well in this episode it's also they don't need to imply that it's a concept with this ceremony yeah he he has to use her uterus to make her beautiful again yeah um, but they don't really go into it too much. I mean, but they so, pull yeah. it out. It's bloody. He, it's, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's an it's an epic scene to watch. Scene, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so he basically mixes it into and mixes it into like a paste using magic, mm-hmm. and outlines her like her deformities. Yeah, um, her eye, her mouth, and uh, the hump on her back. He outlines this mm. and casts a spell, and it basically just like transmogrifies her into this like perfect woman yo she looks so much like ariel winter from modern family she does like if if you just said like we're gonna make her like three feet taller and i was like jesus christ yeah if it, it, i at first i was like oh my god she looks so much like her but the scene when she's laying there naked and she's like screaming and the they're showing the back correct. Yeah. I, I was like, ah, like I was, uh, oh the thing God. That I'll, I'll give credit to this show in comparison to Game of Thrones specifically is whenever there was nudity on screen for Game of Thrones, it felt intentionally nude. Like you were, they were valuing the nudity a, a little bit more. It felt. Um, Felt fetishized. It, it, there, that's a great. And I, I hate using that word because I feel like, and I, I do think this, and I know it might be a backwards idea, but like, I think anything can be fetishized through film because that that is what film is. Like, it's sure. them getting their most sick and, um, and craziest thoughts out but it, somewhere. It felt like it in Game of Thrones. It felt like they were putting them on a pedestal and they wanted an excuse to exactly. make them look a certain way. I exactly. One hundred percent. In agree. this scene with her. I never once felt that way. No, I I never once felt like I was. You know what? Exploiting is the word we're thinking of. Yeah, exploiting. That you, they weren't that exploiting you ever her beauty, her body, as sexually. No, yeah, you, you saw all. it strictly as as procedural. this is a plot device, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't think about that until I watched it the second time, where it was like, if I thought back on the scene, I almost forget that she was nude in it. Yeah. Because that wasn't the important part. That wasn't the thing all. that I was fixated on. Where I felt like in Game of Thrones, that was the that was the thing they hoped you fixated on. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I usually don't think of stuff like that, but I agree 100% with you. I, I feel like, and again, this isn't just to not Game of Thrones. I was actually a huge fan up until that final season, much like everyone Everybody. on the planet. Um, but I agree with you where... 
when they do nudity in the show, it not only feels like it's tasteful, which is something that Game Very. of Thrones did not have. It did not feel tasteful when Game of Thrones did it. It feels so, as you said, necessary to its plot. Mm-hmm. It's like she's nude because it's a procedure and it's also, you know, medieval times. So, like, they don't really cover it up or cloak it. And they don't also... And they want to show you the bare bones. They don't also... They don't take, for lack of a better way to put it, time to show you the character undressing. Which is also what Game of Thrones did. Taking off the robe. And spent yeah. time on it. Spent, yeah, that very actively you're watching this person undress and it made it feel a little more sexualized and fetishized. Yeah. Whereas this was very quickly like, okay, you need to take your robes off. Boom. Like yeah. next thing. Like we're not spending any time on that. And the way the show even rolls around to it. And then, I mean, it's pretty right. They, you know, okay, undress. And then it just rolls around to him working on the, you know, stuffing. You're right. I never thought of that, man, but that's a really, really, really astute observation, man. The idea that, Especially in this world today, I feel like when you're making content, you kind of have to be careful on your balance there. Mm-hmm. That is like the healthy dosage of like, it's there because she has to be naked for the plot. It's kind of like, and I think this is way it's back. because we wanted to make her naked. Exactly. It reminds me of like what I've read about with Alfred Hitchcock when he was upset because they were like, you can't have a bathroom in Psycho, because we don't want to show a toilet. And he's like, it's important to show a toilet because she washes down the evidence mm-hmm. in the toilet and flushes it away. I need to show it. I'm not showing it because I really want to be pushy or edgy. It, it's interesting. It's a, that's a very... It's something I would have never thought about, and I appreciate you bringing it up, man. Yeah, man. I, I think it's just a unique choice that they made yeah. to do it that way. And, I, and it feels intentional. Yeah. That, that they specifically designed the scene or cut the scene in a way that made it feel better well, in the, for this way. The craziest part is how many female fans The Witcher has. Mm-hmm. Like, The Witcher is followed by a lot of women. And that's awesome. And that honestly shows the, you know... Thank you, Henry Cavill. That, thank you, Henry Cavill. But it also really does show the concept of, like, bro, like, it, it's not about the sex. It's, it's honestly about the content that you're putting out. It can attract anyone. I do believe that. And this show has done a good job of doing that. But so they, they redesign Yennefer, basically... And make her gorgeous. She loses all her deformities. And she shows up to the And she shows ball. up to the ball and walks in. And this is where you get the scene with Little Foltest and his sister. Yeah. Um, and the, the stop playing with your sister. Stop touching your sister. Whatever the hell they <laughs> said. The mom said. <laughs> now that you really think about the context of that. And creepy. walks in. And everybody basically like looks at it. Like the, like the Cinderella story. Like yeah. look at the girl in the dress kind of a thing. Whoa. Right? And Taseya looks pissed when she sees her. And basically, like, and uh, yeah, Yennefer walks up to the king she was supposed to be with. Yeah. Right? And he basically, like, pushes his witch aside and, like, grabs Yennefer, like, yes, you and I will dance now. And yeah. Tissaia comes up and goes, no, no, she's coming with me. Like, no, 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 this isn't happening. You're an idiot. Stop doing this. Yeah. And kind of casts Yennefer out. Yeah. More so, like, Yennefer already was going to leave and was kind of doing this as a final spite moment. But kind of was like, look, you're going to follow my rules, end all, be all, yeah. or else. Like, I basically, it felt like I can I take can your magic. You. Yeah, I can take your magic away. You'll be nothing. Again. I made you. <laughs> I brought exactly. you into this world. Exactly. <gasps> <laughs> you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. Uh, it's the exact same concept, right? It's, yeah. You're supposed to be my helper, not become like the next enemy against me. Exactly. 
Um, and I think that's every. Well, yeah, the king and the king's like, you know what? Actually, she can dance with whoever she pleases. And then yeah. he takes her into the like under the cool ass freaking moon star yeah, that's right. thing. That's awesome. And Which, they dance. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a cool, such a cool episode. Just and, everything they do with it. And then we get cut to uh, a young Siri. Oh, right. And. Siri's like attracted to a calling or something. She hears something. It's the uh, the Frozen Two mentality of like, I can hear you, <laughs> but I won't. Ah. Uh, yeah, seriously. It's ah. <laughs> and yeah, she's attracted to. There's some kind of call, basically. Yeah. The call of the wild. <laughs> Telling her that she has to go this way, and she's looking for something in particular. Yeah, she like goes zombie on it. Like yeah, she starts. And then starts walking straight towards it. Again, it's that, that, like, she's got some kind of magical intent or ability that we don't know about and don't have any information about. Yeah, and then this, uh, the elf boy starts running after him. He's like, Siri, no, Siri, come back, come back. And then you see an arrow go, like, right next Shoom. to him. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. And then I thought of Rickon immediately from Game of exactly. Thrones. And I was like, run in a zigzag, run in a zigzag. Have you not learned? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he just keeps running straight. Because yeah. we live in the anytime, anytime a character and arrows running. are introduced, Prometheus school of running, <laughs> right, man? Like, there's a reason. I love the fact that that's a term, by the way. Prometheus school. And the best part is, I remember watching Prometheus with my dad, right? And run straight. We're sitting at the cheap theater because we had not heard good things about Prometheus. Smart man, <clears throat> man. I should like say. the like the two dollar theater, right? There were cheap seats, of course. Terrible screens. Terrible screen. Bulbs really low, yeah. and gum um, is on your shoes somewhere. So yeah, we're watching Prometheus, and afterwards we both walked out, and we're like, "Why didn't she just run horizontally from the rolling ship?" And both of us, yeah. Wait a second. Uh, why didn't you run horizontally? I've never and heard thus, that phrase. The Prometheus School of Running was born, right? It's it's. Oh my god, that's brilliant! And uh, dude, it's oh all god. over the place on the internet. The Prometheus Prometheus School of Running. It's the, just the thing I such a. Is there's a debate about it. The debate is: <laughs> Did you pass the Prometheus School of Running when you ran straight line in in line with whatever's chasing you? Or did you fail the Prometheus school of running when you oh ran God. in a straight line with the thing chasing you? So it's, I'll <laughs> it's leave that brilliant. to to everybody listening to determine their uh, their comments about that. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I've never heard that phrase. Never heard the Prometheus school up, of running. But it so sums up how I feel whenever running happens in movies. Yeah, it, it's like just giant thing rolling at you in a in a straight line. Well, may as well run in line with it, like. <laughs> It's just like I'm. No, I've never heard it, and I think it's honestly think it might be one of the most brilliant terms ever invented because <laughs> it's like that sums that shit up perfectly. And what's so funny is the minute you said, it, I was like, oh my god, who exactly what he's talking about? <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Usually the, my pop the culture with the knowledge is rolling at her. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Everybody that's seen that movie knows exactly what scene you're talking about because um, I think everybody had that same thought watching it. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. That's the worst in any of the any movie or show when you're watching, especially this show. The elf boy, I was like, he's not making it out. And then the arrow missed, of course, because it's like, okay, Why it's straight. It? I have a few missed shots. Missed once, keeps running straight, misses again, and then he's like, Siri, and then he just hear, and then it's right to his chest, and he just goes down. Yeah. And I was like, 
bitch, that's what you get for running straight. <laughs> like, not even a serpentine, thought. serpentine, serpentine, right? Like, it's one of those things. You just, somebody's got to be smart enough to figure this stuff out, right? Like, you can't just run in a straight line from things <laughs> and hope that it's going to work. Distance is not necessarily your friend unless you're going real quick. <laughs> I just picture, like, people out in the wild who get shot at one point and are like, oh, shit. And then they start running in zigzags. They're like, I learned from Prometheus. Don't do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the episode ends with Suri going into the woods. Into the unknown. <laughs> into Dare the unknown. I say it? Jesus. <laughs> into the, in the unknown. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, Binging with friends. But is she lost the in the woods? I, I don't know. I hope she makes it out of the woods. Elf Boy is my only landmark, and now I'm lost in the woods. Uh, as North is south. <laughs> right is left. When he's gone, he got shot by an arrow, and I'm lost in the woods. Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods no, yet? No, no. No. Too soon? Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, I thought with Miss Americana on Netflix <laughs> now, I've... Just like, oh my god, I don't even know what that is, but I'm, I know I'm not going to watch it based on principle. Now, just kidding. Those I, people. I'm just kidding. I'm definitely going to watch it. Actually, I I actually saw T-Swift a little clip. All the way, you know. Well, I just saw a little clip of it, and I was like, hey, you know what? Actually, I'll probably watch. It. I'm not. I thought it was going to be a music video at first. That'd be you know. When what? I That'd saw be the cool. teaser for it, I thought it was a music video teaser, and then they're like two like a two hour documentary came out. I was like, holy crap! Yeah. Yeah, uh, whatever. I'm going to go out for the um, role of Taylor Swift in the Taylor Swift biopic. I think I'm going to kick ass in it. Me too. Yeah. You're, you're going to go out. I'll stunt too. double. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, a Tom Cruise stunt double where exactly. like Tom Cruise is five, like five, and then <laughs> his stunt double is like six, three. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and eating cars for lunch. Um, you have to, <laughs> being Tom Cruise's stunt double. Right. Because nobody can do the stuff Tom Cruise does. It's I mean, a miracle. It, Guy broke his ankle on the set of Mission Impossible, dude. <laughs> I always and think not of, even like broke his ankle, uh, like shattered the thing. Oh like, yeah, what's an ankle? Because <laughs> he just got shrapnel left in his leg. I mean, he's got Elron Hubbard, and he's got all that Seriously. stuff going on. He's he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be good. He's got the mirror. I believe him. I believe in my Tom Cruise. <laughs> I as as my friends would say, my boyfriend Tom Cruise. Exactly. He's not my boyfriend, but God, I do love Tom Cruise. It, it's a try. real problem. Oh, I will try. I mean, he won't write me back on Twitter, which is really sad, but Chris McQuarrie will. <laughs> <laughs> Never misses an opportunity. Oh, my God. Um, ending on that joke, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening, guys. We will be back next week for episode five, or episode four. Holy four. crap. Just we'll skip an episode skip all of a sudden. Episode. It's like a really important episode. We're not just going <laughs> to skip it. You know what? I would like to do. It's arguably the most important episode of this. It would be fun to do series. a binging with friends, though, with all the River Song episodes of Doctor Who. Oh my god! And just do it in that order because Ooh. I've never seen Doctor Who, and I know I'm never going to be able to watch it all. And we have to do it in order as they come out, not in chronological order either. Yeah, that's so. Oh god, Yikes, dude! I remember because that show introduces River Song with her death. Yeah, and then I, yo, I. Was trying to explain it to my brother. I remember I watched the Return of River Song at a friend's house, and we were watching it. He had all of his other Hoovian friends. They were all excited, and they were. Um, we were sitting there. We were watching it, and then they played that episode. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Like she doesn't recognize him because he, you know, what's it called when he regenerates? Regenerates, yeah. 
So then they're like, oh, well, actually, let's watch the, th- like, I think at the point, at that point, there was only like five or six. Let's watch six River Song episodes. Let's, let's you know, show you the story. I remember watching it and being like, this is one of the greatest sci-fi stories ever. And it gets so much better. Like, it's, it's insane, the stuff that they do with her. That you're like, this is the greatest storyline I've ever seen. So then I'm all excited about it. And I go to my brother and I'm like, so bro, the River Song thing's amazing. He's like, what's River Song? I go, River Song, they're on two timelines. And their timelines are out of sync. Out of sync. Yeah. So the, her ending is the first time she, she meets, meets him. him yeah. And the last time he meets her and, but she is knows the his first real time name, she which she doesn't him. tell anybody. And all of that. Married and the whole nine yards. And the cool thing that they bring back every time she shows up is they have uh, a, a blue book. Yes. Right? Uh, and where are we are now? Yeah. They compare books with each other of like, has this happened yet? No. What's that? Can't tell you. Uh, next thing. <laughs> so brilliant. And my brother was like, I-, I don't get it. And I was, I remember. It's such a cool concept. But I remember feeling like, so this, is, so this is what it's like to be in this world where now you've Seriously. literally hit a point of fandom that your enjoyment of content is just a beyond some people's understanding. And I'm not talking down on that. That's fine. I was just genuinely like, I am alone in the world now. And not to be like a hipster about it, right? But I've been a Whovian. Yeah, your dad. Your dad's a Whovian. Oh yeah, since the OG ones had yeah. come to America. Yeah, yeah. Your dad broke so- down for like two solid hours <laughs> the storyline of Doctor Seriously. Who, and I was. In and I was like, bro, you know what? No. Honestly, don't even show me the show. Just sit down with your dad for two hours. But being I've been like, a since like I was ten. Yeah, since you were a kid, ten maybe. Yeah, right. And that's before it was really like a big thing in the Americas. So I, I, I remember as a kid through the end of elementary school, middle school, and the, like the little bit of beginning of high school, talking about Doctor Who to people, and they're like, "What's that?" Yeah, right. And they're like, that sounds really cool. Like, what channel is it on? It's on BBC. Like, go watch it. It's super rad. He's like, right? British? Yeah. <laughs> right? And then by, like, my junior, senior year of high school, everybody knew what Doctor Who was. By my senior Every year. single person. If you walked into a room and said, Doctor Who, you'd have 10 people look at you and go, uh-huh. Yeah, right? of course. Like, I know everything. And I'm sitting there like, where were you people five years ago when I needed friends? Like, what the heck is going <laughs> when on I here? Needed friends. <laughs> when I was sitting around like friendship for sale. Like, <laughs> no one was here. Well, the funny part is I remember my buddy coming up to me and being like, "It's over," and he threw down an Entertainment Weekly with who with Doctor Who on the cover. He was like, "It's done." And you might as well have just told him like, "You know what? Also, end of the world's happening." Because like he was like, "It's over," and I was like, "How was it over?" He's like, "It's going to be so popular." That at one point, and then you called this shit, and I was like, I don't know if that's true. And he was like, just watch. He's not, he has not been right yet. The prophecy has not been fulfilled. But what he said was basically that it's going to get so popular that then the ratings are going to go down. And then people are going to be like, you know what? Let's cut this show. And then all of a sudden, it's this show that so, lived for fucking 80 years dude, and it's is insane. done. insane. But yeah. Uh, but the show is on the decline. Yeah. The last two doctors have not been popular. The woman doctor is her. The ratings are the worst they've been since they canceled the show the last time. It's not an agenda though, right? Like, is it just not a good character, or is it an agenda, or is it both? Hey, I'll take I both. Think, even. I honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think she's a bad doctor. I just don't think she encompasses what the doctor is as gotcha. much. Um, 
But I also believe part of it's an agenda that people were, a lot of people were turned off by the fact that she suddenly became a woman. Oh my God, that's so stupid. Um, It is, absolutely. Yeah. But the ratings have not been good. They're already going to replace her because the ratings- She's been on for like two seasons though. Not even. Oh, damn. And they're already talking about, they'll probably replace her mid-season next season because- I mean, uh, the more woman or woman- The ratings just- tanked on this one that sucks um and even my dad like you said he's who's like the the hoovian who the hooviest hoovian i've ever <laughs> hoovian historian that's ever hooved uh even he was talking to me about it and he's like it's just not as good as it used to be like yeah. even the last doctor who wasn't great still felt like more fun than this gotcha that this kind of felt like it was taking the feminist movement forward a little bit instead of being doctor who anymore i mean we're not sad. gonna get too political on that super tangenty here yeah i love it man honestly hey if you guys are still listening it's because we love talking about thanks we love talking about television um send us your love questions that you want to put yeah the, i'm still looking for those yeah. man i heck? want some love questions i was hoping for one i was hoping, yeah, at least it's only one. been a day since that episode went out that's so. true that's true maybe next week maybe next week maybe next week guys I believe in y'all. Give us some love questions about The Witcher. Yeah, come on. Uh, Yennefer, Istrid, their relationships, their ups and downs, all the all the crazy things those kids are up to. All the clapping that people do when they (laughs) sleep together. Bro, if I had an audience that clapped every time I did something good in bed, I would I would never leave my bed, honestly. Or they would never clap. And on that note. Thank you for listening, guys. Join us next week for episode four. Um, And finish carefully.